WPTF Radio, Tom Kearney, with the Wednesday night edition of the Tom Kearney Show. We're here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 until 10, with a little bit of live and in real-time radio, and we try to bring you a a, a wide-ranging potpourri of issues and uh, programs, uh, some more serious than others. One that I kind of wanted to do for a while, and I think will be, be good to do, uh, tonight is with one of our automotive experts, one of our what we call nighttime mechanics, Mr. Bobby Dunn, who is the proprietor of uh, Triangle Car Care. Bobby, are you there? We're here. Okay, John, can we turn Bobby up a little bit? Okay, we'll make sure we get him there. I always like to try and make sure you're there because now I'm going to say where your business is, is located. And as you know, most of the time I get the address wrong, but is it 2435? 20, 6425. 6425. Right. Uh, uh, that's Glenwood Avenue, yeah, and, uh, which is at a place that uh, I have heard identified as Pleasant Valley. It's on b- between Raleigh and, and the airport, but it's easily accessible to uh, the Research Triangle Park and to Durham as well as Raleigh. Uh, Triangle Car Care has been in the business over 40 years. Is that right, Bobby? Uh, 51. 51 years now, yep. and uh, I will I, I do commercials that are associate myself with a, another garage, another car repair place, and I would say that the reason that I, I got down to I had two choices, the one that I chose and, and Mr. Dunn, I'm telling you, the only reason that I've never taken my car to his place, because I, trust, I would trust him to do it completely, but he's uh, about twice or three times as far away from me is the other place, and I used to be able to walk home from it, and it, it, it takes me fewer moments to get there, but if if I ever need to ask Mrs. Kearney to take the car somewhere and have it repaired, Triangle Car Care would be one of the places we, that I would, would want to think about. And we're going to talk about automobile, particularly uh, maintenance problems and, and that kind of thing tonight in a very general way and having to do with things like oil and when to change it and what kind of oil to use and maybe some things about tires and, and that, that kind of thing and also brakes, the things that have to be maintained have to be checked occasionally. And uh, But I actually have a very specific problem. I thought we would we would uh, put uh, Mr. Dunn through his, his paces to begin with <laughs> the problem I have with one of my cars that is a very real, and I, I need some advice on how to deal with it. Are you ready, Bobby? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. John, uh, we're going to have to change this somehow because uh, the, the level is really low for, for Mr. Dunn tonight. And so uh, well, what we will probably do is maybe redial during the, during the break, but we'll see if we can make it until then. Okay. Uh, as you know, Bobby, and as so many of our listeners know, I, I took a involuntary vacation in in the spring, and mostly in uh, uh, March, April, and May. I fell one afternoon and broke my leg and ended up uh, between being in the hospital and being uh, uh, going through therapy to get things to work right again. I ended up losing about three three months, and in, during that time, my car was not driven very much. Mrs. Kearney drove her car and occasionally drove ours, but the truth was it, it was not driven very much. And I know just enough about automobiles to know that 
things like what the condition of the oil might be, the gas, and so on, the the battery. In fact, I may have to have my battery recharged now uh, has, has taken place. And, and, in fact, after I have come home, I have not driven it. So it's really been out of action between five and six months now. So, Bobby, if you were confronted with that, if I said I'm going to bring it out to you or I have it towed out there, what needs to be done to make sure that I can deal with an automobile that I can count on? Well, the first thing is, is that you touched on it, the battery. Uh, the battery itself, a lot of times uh, we're seeing, and since this uh, COVID thing hit us and all, all the related things where people aren't driving their cars as much, we're seeing that a lot of times the battery recharge will not take. It'll have to be replaced if it was marginal to start with. It's got to have, have to have a better reserve. We're, we just saw a bunch of batteries that, People hadn't driven their cars for a couple months, and the batteries, you know, were probably three three years old or so, which normally so is not So I'm not the bad. only one who's in this position. No, no, no. You're, we've seen several of them. And so obviously you got to get that fixed first, make sure that's up to speed. And then just general look over stuff. Any good mechanic can look it over in a few minutes and, and look at a lot of things. Uh, some things people don't think about is the pulleys where the belts run get rusty from moisture in the air, and that'll that can actually start chewing up on the belts. You have to watch out for that. Gas can separate, uh, phase separation, because it's got ethanol in it. Uh, about the only way to do that is, is to check it, if it, see how it runs and see if it responds correctly. If it doesn't, you have to research that or take a fuel sample. But we haven't seen as much of that lately as we used to see, especially not in the higher humidities like down the, near the coast. That's when you really start having issues with that. But there's so many little things that move on the car, the with brake components, that sort of thing, that if they don't get exercised and used, they can tend to kind of corrode up or rust up a little bit, and then they don't move as well as they should, and brakes can drag and not not work as good as they should. So that's 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 the biggest issues you see there. Um, fluids, power steering, transmission fluid, usually okay, but it's good to have check the condition. Of course, we believe in checking the condition, and any time it comes in, whether it's been sitting or not not just the level, because these days fluids are so critical in the cars. It's got to be in good condition and got to be the right ones. I believe that I have noticed the little bit that I have been out since I returned from my being in the hospital that uh, there are more stations that offer the ethanol-free gasoline than there were at one time. Is that the case as far as you know? I've been able to find it easier. I got some cars that uh, a couple cars that I drive not too often. They're collector cars type things, and and I have a little trouble finding it initially. But now I found two or three stations I can find around locally. It's not the cheapest in the world, but it's uh, it's for cars that you're going to sit or small engines or something like that. It's going to sit for a while. It's it's worth it. Usually I put the gas in our automobiles, and that, that's the way we've divided it up over the time we've been married, but she was in a position where she had to do it, and, and uh, we uh, the pump that I chose to give her the lesson on without looking at it very closely had that option too, so it, it just complicated it a little bit further. <laughs> I think it also had the diesel option on it too, so it was, as you can imagine, kind of more interesting than it might have been otherwise. Yeah, well, but then she, then she knew without walking up to it by herself the first time, she knew there were several options she had to look at. Right. And one of the ones, the questions that she asked, and I'm not, I don't mean to take advantage of her in any way, was 
which uh, the 87, 89, and 91, I think it is. And I said, oh, just always take the lowest one for our cars, the, the 87 R10. You, you, that, that business of different R10s used to be a big, I think, advertising point. I think it was some, something like Sun Oil Company had, you could have like 12 or 15 options if you push the right buttons. Yep. Most of the time, the cars that require the higher, higher octane fuels, when you open the gas door, there's usually a little placard there that tells you that. Most of the cars that regular folks like me drive will work on the lowest octane and are, yeah, are probably tuned up for, for that now. Yeah, okay. that, that is. The 87 so, is what those I, cars are designed for. What I need to do is have my battery checked to make sure it's, well, to, if it will crank, we can we can start by seeing if we can get it to to the... Uh, to the auto garage and uh, how much charge is on it. I, I think my battery is relatively new, so maybe it ha- has held enough of the charge that it can uh, take some charge. Yeah, a lot of times they do, but uh, the, the problem with the batteries is used to when you shut the car off, everything's shut off. Well, these days there's all kinds of modules and, and computers on the car that never go completely asleep, so there's always a teeny little pull on the battery. And if, you know, a teeny little pull and you drive it every week, it's not a big deal, but or three months, and it can pull the battery down, and sometimes the battery just won't come back. Yeah. You know, it's funny that we've, we've come full circle on two or three things, and that is with the first cars that I remember my father owned, like a 48 Chevy, had a, a radio in it, but the radios that were in those cars didn't have transistors in them. They had tubes. Right. So if you left the uh, if you left the radio on, for instance, uh, it didn't take very long for it to draw the whole thing down. And, yep. And... Uh, they finally got it so they were connected to the ignition so that when you turn the ignition off, you turn the, the, the but you could run the battery down, for instance, very oh, easily, yeah. which is something that's hard to do now, even with all the little things. But now we're at the other end where we've got, we've got to a point where probably not, not very much power was being drawn off at all in between the, you know, turning it on and turning it off. But now we're back to, we've got so many modules and so many computers that, uh, it does end up to a fairly large draw, I guess. In, in, it it in, does in at the some end. point, and and it's critical that you have a battery good enough to to maintain all those things because it, it's got to have the right amount of reserve in the battery, or a lot of those modules don't respond well. Right. And so you need. So what you just said to us in terms of car maintenance is that you the choice of your battery is one that should be a careful choice. That you have some advice on them from people who know how much draw there will be on. Uh, and, oh, absolutely. When I started yeah, working on cars... if you have any accessories along the way. You know, when I started working on cars, you, you had 6-volt and 12-volt you had to worry about. And then you, the only thing you worried about was, will it fit in the car physically? Now it's it's got to be the battery designed for that car. There's so many different things they do internally in the batteries to make sure it, it, it handles the load that that car has. Okay. Stand 17 at WPTF, yeah. We're listening to one of our nighttime mechanics, Mr. Bobby Dunn of Triangle Car Care. I'm going to get it right this time. 6425, did perfect. I get it right? Yep. Bobby, did I get it right that Absolutely. time? Absolutely, you got it perfect. Well, you know, one of the things that happened to me in my, my collision with the, with the medical system and getting, getting myself repaired so that I could come back is that I forgot all my, my numbers that I knew and had to go... Re- 
re-remember. Re, re, re and like a good boy, I didn't write any of them down, so it's <laughs> not as easy as it might seem. But anyway, it's 917. We're talking about automobiles and automobile maintenance. And Mr. Bobby Dunn of Triangle Car Care was helping me uh, diagnose. Actually, he was doing it. I'm just pretending that I know what I'm talking about. Uh, he's the brains of this outfit. But telling me what I needed to do about my car that had set, for the most part, without being cranked or driven for pretty close to six months. And so I've got, I have some sense of what I need to, to in fact, do now. We're going to talk about other uh, car maintenance problems, maybe a little bit of history of, well, Bobby, I used to have a car that had, I think, 31 grease points on it. Does that sound like it was possible? Um, yeah, that, that's pretty high, but, yeah, there were some back then that had quite a few. Yeah, I don't think been, probably been the 12 or 20 or any cars I have now has any, in the sense that I mean grease points, there has any, they're, they're sealed points now for the most part. I, yes, I think that you up. can tell us about that. Anyway, we will be back to talk to Bobby Dunn some more about automobile maintenance right after this. In the year 2020, our guest tonight is one of our nighttime mechanics uh, and a long-time part of our show, uh, Bobby Dunn of Triangle Car Care, located on Glenwood uh, Avenue in Raleigh and uh, been, the, been in the garage business uh, 51 years now. And, Bobby, I was trying to figure out, you've been... Uh, on the radio with me about 25 years now, because I know you were on before before the year 2000, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 95 or 96, as I recall. Somewhere along in there. Should, so, I don't know it's going to be this long. I'd have made a log of it somewhere. Uh, but in any event, uh, it's been good to have you, and you've been on, been on uh, rotating with uh, the people from King's Auto, both of which are... Y'all are competitors, but you're also in the same business, and I know you're friends. In fact, both of you have been presidents of the Independent Garage Owners of North Carolina. One of you, in fact, may be the president now, for all. I can't keep up with it today. <laughs> we, we have been. Uh, Dean, Dean at Kings and Steve them down there, they're, they're good friends. We're colleagues. We're not competitors. Yes, that's good. Well, we've invited you tonight, uh, since we can't take any calls, to talk about automobile maintenance. And you've already helped me with one of the problems that I've got. And I know sort of if I can get it cranked, then the, the gasoline doesn't foul up the gas filter and so on, and I can make it to the garage, then we have a, a list of things we need to check out to make sure that, that it's all right before I go back out on the road. I've had a car, for those who weren't listening, who that's uh, been incapacitated for the most part for about six months. Uh, one of the things that I thought I would ask you about tonight, Bobby, because uh, I, the change in, in automobiles has sort of been made uh, sort of a, there's no, I don't think there was any intention to deceive anybody, but it's kind of, at least in my case, it was a stealth case when we went from the old-fashioned oil, uh, which was greatly refined, to synthetic oil. So could you talk about where we are with that now? And most, I guess most cars, if you buy them new, have synthetic oil in them. Uh, that would be the case. But, for instance, my brother was here, and he wanted to add a, a quart of oil to his car, and and I, I said, well, do you know if they're if they're compatible? And he didn't know. And so, uh, I, I, it may not have mattered. I don't think it really did. But in any case, that's one of the, the questions that has to be answered. Yeah, obviously, I'm not a chemist, but when I started in the business, you had to worry about only two or three things with the oil. Number one is 
what weight, generally 30 weight for winter and 40 weight for summer, or if you even did that, and then either non-detergent or detergent. But that has evolved so much over the years, especially with the, the desire for low, low emissions and high fuel economy. Now, let me ask you a question here. Let me give it a little bit. When you give those numbers like 10W30 and so on, the, the higher the number there would be the kind of oil you would use in hot weather, and the lower the number would be the kind of oil of the viscosity that you would use in the winter. Cold weather, right. Then the higher the number, the thicker the oil, basically, at its, if they're all at the same temperature. And they, they now chemically have been able to alter the molecules in there so that they, the viscosity changes with, with, the, with the temperature. Yeah, and the numbers don't abs- mean absolutely the thickness. It has a lot to do with what, what properties the uh, oil has been fixed with as far as additives and the way they've refined it because now we have uh, a lot of cars running synthetic oil or 5W20, 0W20. We had uh, start recently getting some cars in to take 0W16. And what, what it amounts to is, especially not wanting to reinvent the wheel or be, try to supersede the engineers that designed it, we just have to make sure we put in the car what it was designed for. The engineers were very specific because they have certain tolerances in the engine. The oil has to get through certain passages and, and clearances. If it doesn't, then it can't lubricate. And if you put the wrong oil in there, it can change all sorts of things. It can do engine damage, uh, major damage. It can, it can do minor things like the uh, camshaft timing not, not respond correctly and your fuel economy will be off and your emissions will be off. But you can actually do physical damage if you don't put the right oil in the car these days. So we, we always look up each car that what we do, even, even beyond the owner's manual, because that could have changed since they built it. We have a subscription to a technical service that gives us all the specs for each car, so we check that to make sure no change has been made, and then put make sure to put the right oil in the car. What what kind of benefits does does one? If I say to the guy that puts the oil in my car, well, that costs a lot more more money than the regular oil. What kind of benefits am I going to get from it? I'm sure there are ones. I'm just questioning what they are. Uh, one of the biggest things is you can go usually about twice as long on an oil change. Ah, okay. Uh, now, it, yeah, it's lower friction, better fuel economy, better wear qualities in the engine, lower emissions. Some of those things you'll never see or feel. But the main thing you'll see is that the oil, the synthetic oil, is more expensive. But instead of going three or 4,000 miles, you can go five or six or seven, depending on, on, your, on your driving. Some oils are going, say, 10,000. I'm not a big fan of that. One big reason is a lot of times people that don't never have the oil checked in between changes, and that's a long time to go without knowing the oil is full. Right, and that, is there still the problem with carbon collecting in the oil, or has that been done? done not, not as much. Um, one of the problems used to be with the contamination in the oil was the fuel system had to be run a little richer than they than they can control it now. They control the richness and leanness much better, the amount of fuel that gets burned. Before, you had a little excess fuel always in every cylinder, and that would be on cylinder walls, and that would end up contaminating the oil, so you'd end up having to change it more often. But now with fuel injection, they meter the fuel down so precisely that that's uh, pretty much a bygone thing. We need, can get some we need to pause for a couple of minutes now. Can okay. we come back to this subject right after the news? All right. We'll do it on WPTF. Thank you. 
FM 80, 98. It's kind of got to get the right number there, 98.5. And remember to select that for one of your buttons on the FM side of your radio so you can hear WPTF on either side, AM or FM. And also, I will say I'm sorry to hear the passing of Tom Terrific, Tom Seaver. Uh, and uh, we'll have to have Tony Rigsby on before too long. And indeed, we will as we approach the anniversary of WPTF and, and talk with him. He's our baseball guy, of course. We are tonight talking about automobile maintenance and some of the changes that have taken place over the years. I, for instance, have found out that some things don't work the way they worked when I got my first car. In fact, we've probably been through a couple of three generations since then, and so I cannot presume to know what's going on. Are you there, Bobby Dunn? Yep, we're here. What I was just saying is based on the fact that uh, I was going out, I think, with, with Dean Bailey one night, and I... I said, my battery may be run down, but maybe you can push me off. And he very quickly acquainted me with the fact that that ain't the way it works anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. And, uh, and the, the question about the, the fuel pump and needing electricity to pump the gas through. And, of course, with uh, uh, not carburation, but what do you call what we have now? The, the fuel injection, which is fuel controlled by the computer. Things are completely different. I was watching a TV show, by the way, the other night. And this is how I've gotten to be a small addict from here listening to, to good mechanics. And the guy was explaining to his girlfriend about carb- carburation and fuel injection. And the only problem was I think he got it exactly backwards. <laughs> and he was thinking that the fuel injection was the one where you have to pump it eight times and hold your mouth right and pray, you know, which is not the case. TV shows are not always accurate. Pardon me? Some of the TV shows are not always accurate, especially if it's, if it's fiction. Yes, I, I don't think they, they uh, quite had it right. But what Bobby's tonight is talking about um, uh, maintenance problems for automobiles, and I, one of the things I want to ask him about is brakes. He's mentioned that in terms of uh, other situations and also other items that he might want to draw your attention to. But one thing he did mention, and I want his observations on this, is something called an owner's manual. Right. And if you get a used car, you may not get an owner's manual, but if you get a new one, you will get one. And I, I have come to believe that if you don't read every word of it, you ought to at least give your eyes a run over every page so you can learn to, to uh, well, how to fix the windshield wipers or how to do this or how to do that and what the requirements are for servicing the automobile. What do you think, Mr. Mr. Dunn? Well, I mean, sometimes you got to read the book just to figure out how to use the radio on some of the newer cars. But, uh, yeah, the, the owner's manual is a wealth of information. I mean, if nothing else, at least familiarize yourself with just read the table of contents and just see what is in there. And it's amazing. You might not go into it thinking you're going to read any of it, but you'll probably find something that goes, oh, oh I didn't know it did that. Let me, let me look at that. I've seen that several times with customers that they didn't. A lot of things on their car they didn't know it would do, and check the owner's manual, and they could figure out how to do it. And it, a lot of times it's stuff they like to use. Sometimes it wasn't, but at least they knew it was there. Right. Yeah, I, I, I did it with my owner's manual, and when the uh, some somebody had been mucking around with the radio, and it ended up being bassy and, and off, you know, not not balanced, and you could hear it in the back, but you couldn't hear it in the front. I knew exactly where to go, and following the instructions, I was able to get it to work right. So that uh, you, the sound was what took me first to the owner's manual, but I learned it, that it has other uses, too. In fact, Mrs. Kearney and I were in a small town in England once, and we had parked 
went and got some tea and came back and the the uh, alarm sound was going off. But I had looked at the owner's manual and within a minute I had gotten it turned off and I was a lot less embarrassed than I was right before that. <laughs> so there is some good stuff in there. Yep. And and if, you get, if you get a used car and don't have it, you know, you can download them. Sometimes you can download them online or go on to one of the websites, eBay or, or Amazon or something, get an owner's manual. They're not that expensive usually. It, is, it seems like to me just thinking about it, I try to think about different ways to look at the problems I'm going to bring up here, but that a lot of things about the the, the brakes, uh, the, the mechanical part of the brakes, the part that's on the wheel and so on, haven't really changed a whole lot. That is, there's, there are disc brakes, of course, and the, the other kind of brakes, but they haven't really changed a whole lot. Uh, I'd ask for your comments on brakes and how they've changed over the years and what the, the person driving the automobile should be looking out for. Well, the big, biggest thing on brakes is unless it's a, like a uh, hybrid vehicle that uses, uses regenerative braking, brakes have not changed since the days of the horse and wagon. You know, it's a friction friction thing. You're trading friction and heat for, for slowing down the car. Now, how they control it has changed dramatically with all the electronics and all on it. But uh, when they went to disc brakes, mainly I remember the disc brakes really hitting the scene on mainline cars in, late, in mid to late 60s when you really start seeing them uh, be prevalent on those. And even then, it was just disc on the front and drum on the back. Some cars still do that. Some do four-wheel disc. You know, disc was always a little better in the wet weather as far as braking evenly. Uh, when they first come out, you know, everybody was unsure about them, but very quickly we, re we learned that they were very reliable, and if you took care, care of them, they, they do very well for you. The biggest thing we see with the brakes these days is with the ABS controls and all that, one of the things people tend to not do is service the fluid, and the opportune time to do that is obviously when you're doing brake pads or rotors or something like that. Then you service the fluid, and just like we talked a little earlier, Fluids are critical, not just their level, but their condition, and to get the right ones in there. And right fluid's no different. It's got, got all the same criteria. You've got to make sure you get the right stuff in there and get keep it clean. Now you were talking there, of course, about hydraulic systems. Uh, right. fluid that make, is a way of transferring power from your foot to, to the brake, brake shoes and so on. Uh, in some cases, haven't these been replaced by a kind of drive-by-wire thing? The which? The... Pardon me? Sorry, I didn't catch that last part. I was going to say, hasn't uh, the the way of transferring the energy to apply the brakes gone away from hydraulics and to sort of drive-by-wire features? Yeah, they're getting some electric boosters out there, but still hydraulic is the, is the dominant market right now. It's still... It's going to take a while for that, that, that technology to change and push that out of the way. The uh, hydraulics are still the, the mainstream okay. control. I'm, I'm using this program tonight to, to update myself on lots of things along the way. We're talking to Bobby Dunn of Triangle Car Care. They're located at 6425. Did I get it right, Bobby? Got it. Yep. Uh, Glenwood uh, uh, Avenue. And they've been... I don't know if they've been there 51 years, but they've been in business 51 years. Been there and, 40 years. Oh, pardon me? Been in that location 40 years. 40 years. And if you're at the corner that often is referred to as Pleasant Valley, then you can 
But if I was driving west, I could do a 90-degree look, and there there I could see the, the building. I'm going to have to go out there someday, Bobby, just so I can see. Now you just look for all the orange construction cones. They've been working on our road for a year, I guess a year now. Uh, in any event, uh, he has been one of our nighttime mechanics for a number of years, and we thought tonight we would. I wanted him to go over some of the, the questions that I've encountered and that I think people encounter that where the situation has changed since one got one's first car. Uh, for instance, uh, something that I may ask him to talk about, or will ask him to talk about after we take a break here, is the difference between what was going on when we had a generator and what's going on when we, what is it called now, a regulator? Well, they still t tend to call it a generator. Uh, Chrysler came out with what they call the alternator. Alternator, there back, it is. Back in the 60s. Okay, well, well uh, uh, my car once would have had a generator, and now it probably has an alternator, and it, they do sort of different things. I was under the impression, for instance, that I could recharge an almost dead battery by driving around the Beltline three or four times and learned that I couldn't, in fact, do that on the car I was driving and probably wasn't doing the alternator any good while I was doing it. But that's why we've got Bobby down at Triangle Car Care here, and we'll be back to talk with him in just a couple of minutes. I've been in real time. Tomorrow night, Rod Gonski, uh, our uh, resident, uh, and I'm putting quotes around this, you can't see it, but resident meteorologist, uh, Will be with us. We're going to talk about the weather, and uh, uh, we're getting it's getting to the interesting part of the hurricane season. Although it's already been fairly interesting for a lot of people, but the uh, the high point of the hurricane season in this part of the world is usually around September 10th. So we'll, among other things, get to talk to to Rod about that tomorrow night. Friday night will be Friday night trivia, and I believe we're going to have music trivia Friday night. But in any event, tonight on Wednesday night we're talking about automobile maintenance and some of the things that may have been changing in that area with Bobby Dunn of Triangle Car Care, one of our nighttime mechanics. Bobby, I was sneaking up on a question about, uh, and this is what happens when you get old, not the generator, but the... Uh, alternator. The alternator and so on. And, and uh, it's, it's my sense of the thing now that the alternator doesn't really charge up the battery but maintains a kind of... Uh, uh, equality, it, it replaces what has been gone down, but it's not going to add a lot to it. Right. Te technically, it's all everything's considered a generator because it's generating current to put back in the battery. Chrysler uh, Corporation coined the term alternator back in the 60s, I believe, and everybody got used to calling it an alternator because it char does charge much faster than the old generators used to, but it's not meant to charge a battery. It's meant to keep the battery charged as, as current gets depleted out of it. So if you have a really dead battery and you get it jumped and cranked up, and then the alternator has to work, work way harder than it was intended to do, and sometimes it'll cause it to fail. And what you need to do then is to be off to your garage and have it charged and see if it and will accept the charge, and if it does, that's have it charged first and tested. Well, that's one reason I wanted to talk about this, this particular question in this way, because I, I was told some friends I would take care of their car while they were gone, and uh, it uh, was... a I needed to charge it up some, and I drove it, really did drive around the Beltline two or three times, and it really didn't do very much for it. It was one of those, those station wagons that uh, were like a boat, you know. You could mm -hmm. put several families on them if you, if you worked yep. at it. But I, I, there again, I learned something. I, for years, Bobby, you and I are both enough, old enough that you can remember a car uh, when you
when you pull up the hood, I, I did that with one of my friends one day, and I said, ah, you can see the ground here. And, you can, <laughs> and, and the way uh, I dealt with one of the problems uh, on it was hitting the generator with a, with a Coke bottle. And it, it worked. I, I cannot tell you why it worked. I'm not even sure any mechanic could tell you why it worked, but it did work. And so uh, so that's, that's the way I solved it. It's, one's not likely to get that kind of shade tree remedy for whatever's wrong with an automobile now. It usually doesn't work over and over. Uh, no, no. You, you just start praying for it after a particular point. Uh, I had written down a whole list of things to ask you about tonight, and the next one on the list is one that may have simple answers or may not, and that is tires for automobiles. Uh, I wondered about these low-profile tires where the distance from the rim to the street is not very much. Right. Tires, they, they 
they go much longer than they used to. They, you don't change your oil as often as you used to. And things go wrong, and you're not even aware of them. And I, I think you know that I've told the story before. I went to have uh, my uh, air checked in my tires, and, and the mechanic looked at him and said, Mr. Kearney, your cars have got dry rod. And it's because right. I just don't drive as much as I used to. Well, and we touched on earlier about oil change intervals. That's one reason I'm not a big fan of the, the really long oil change intervals is because no one's looking under your car and checking tire condition, age of them. We, our, our guys always like to look at all this stuff when it comes in for any kind of service, whether it's questioned or not uh, on the repair order. We like to give the person an overall view of what we see of the car. And a mechanic has got some experience in just a few minutes. He can look at a lot of things and give you a go or no go on them. Indeed, that's why I like to go to a, a dealer like you, a, a garage like you, or, or uh, uh, King's Auto, where the guy says, Mr. Kearney, and one of your guys says, Mr. Kearney, you don't need to buy them today, but you're going to need some tires pretty soon. You know, and he's eyeballed the whole thing, and he knows, knows what to look for. Or he knows if there's a streak of grease here that maybe it should be there, and uh, what, what in well. fact to look for. And to me, that's the way it's supposed to work. You see it now to warn you for later. Well, you know what? You, you, we're going to have to let you escape tonight. <laughs> and and uh, I, I hope you've been able to uh, arrange your business and, and the problems we've had with the business so that you can can uh, conduct it in a, in a reasonable fashion. And, and, uh, I want to thank you for being on with us. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Tom. Tonight. We will be talking to you again soon. Thanks, Bobby Dunn of Triangle Car Care, 6425 on Greenwood Avenue, 787-0966. I think it's the time. You remembered everything. And if you don't know it, look at the coffee cup in your hand, and it'll have the right number on it. There you go. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks, Tom. Okay. And that's our program for tonight. So tomorrow night we're going to talk about the weather.